Welcome to the Politics Edition of the Revolution Sports Podcast. This is your host, Tyler Wood. Thank you for joining us today on this Tuesday morning. Just going to look at some headlines like we always do this time from politics. Yesterday was sports. We'll have sports tomorrow instead of Thursday, so we'll be looking for that because Thursday is Thanksgiving. So definitely be looking for that one. But here we got some some of the top headlines that's been going around. And since we didn't have it last week, just to do, due to some unforeseen for, uh, circumstances, we're going to look at some of the headlines that took place last week, some that are happening this week. We got a breaking story that just took place two days ago from Waukesha, Wisconsin, where a man, Daryl Brooks, decided to run his car, run his SUV through a crowd Christmas parade that was going on downtown, ended up killing five as of right now, injuring plenty more. Some are in critical condition right now. It's an absolute terrible travesty that took place there. And uh, so that's one situation we're going to look at. The other one, we're going to look at Kyle Rittenhouse got the verdict that came in late last week. So we're going to look at that. And we're going to look at a correlation between those two and also look at a double standard from the media when you look at both of those stories. And then uh, other thing we're going to look at, another headline, going to look at Biden's approval rating down to its lowest point. Now just absolute crashing and burning, which is what you'd expect when you have a president that has done absolutely nothing but destroy the country over just his I mean, not even a full year in office. We're at the one of the lowest points we've been at in a long, long time. So, uh, deserves that uh, that low approval rating, rightfully so. So, we'll look at that, and then we'll also see what they're looking to do as he gets ready to continue to move forward with passing his Build Back Better bill, more like Build Back Broke, since it would basically remove the middle class and some of the stuff that they would plan on doing. But so we'll look at that just a little bit. Uh, mostly going to focus on the Rittenhouse story and the Waukesha, Wisconsin story. Just want to look at the correlation between those two. But like I said, looking at, we're going to start out in Waukesha, looking at this. Daryl Brooks is the man who is, was taken into, was taken into custody. He's now being charged with five counts of intentional homicide. And he should, I mean, he, if you've watched the video, it's very graphic. So, I mean, if you, if, you know, viewer discretion, if you've seen it, but, um, uh, if you haven't, obviously just be prepared, but it was very, very graphic. You see the vehicle going at, I mean, very high speeds through a downtown street, which was very narrow, have, I mean, hundreds of people lining the streets inside the streets as they have their Christmas parade. He just runs full force through, ends up just, I mean, you can, it's terrible. You can see cars, the car bouncing as it's running over bodies. I mean, just absolute terrible story, absolute terrible situation uh, to see there. But looking at this, though, just some of the stuff that bothers me about this situation, obviously the situation in and of of itself bothers me. What also bothers me, though, is they want to try and frame this as just a terrible situation. They don't want to look at it from the same perspective that they want to look at something like the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, verdict from or the Kyle Rittenhouse situation in general. So let's look at the differences real quick. You got in the Waukesha, you got a black man who has a past criminal record who is supposedly known for being a Black Lives Matter supporter, have, uh, some involved in that. He's also a former rapper, but like I said, he has a criminal record. He has an active of war- he had an active warrant in uh, Nevada, and was basically allowed to walk free on low on low bail that they set out of prison twice just in the past year, and was able. To, I mean, just two days ago, he was bailed out, and then here he comes through Waukesha and ends up killing people in the process just because the bail was set so low for some of the stuff that he had committed. And then you move on from there, and you look at the other side, and you look at Kyle Rittenhouse, and he 
took a weapon and defended himself in a self-defense case, but people want to look at him as the terrorist or look at him as the as the the murderer instead of the guy who actively committed murder, just straight up murder with intent. That's why he get, that's why he's getting that's why he's getting intentional homicide. There was none of that in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. If you watched any video from either one of these, they're obviously two separate things. You see evidence of Kyle Rittenhouse being attacked. He defends himself. And then you also see in this one, you see a guy in an SUV just drive right through a crowd of people. It's two different things, but the media, I mean, the media realizes it's two different things, but they want to make, they want to frame it differently. So from what I'm telling you, and it makes sense if you've actually watched the videos, you see that Daryl Brooks is the man in the wrong and that Kyle Rittenhouse is innocent. If you look at the way the media frames it, though, they want to basically... A lot of them have already started trying to quiet down on the story that's happened in Waukesha, Wisconsin, because it doesn't buy into their narrative that black people do no wrong, that there's there's this race right here is just a protected class now because you don't want to offend anybody. And then you look on the other side, and you want to they want to frame Kyle Rittenhouse as this man or this this young teen or older teenager, basically at this point. That he just went in there, shot up a bunch of people, shot up people from the Black Lives Matter. I mean, I've seen stories where they're saying that he shot black people. He didn't even shoot one single black person. It's all white people that were involved. It was him and three white guys. Now, there was a black guy who shot at him. Or not shot at him. Shot a gun in the air. Rittenhouse thought he was firing at him. Didn't hit... I mean, that's a totally different scenario. Like I said, you had three guys that were actually shot from Rittenhouse... But just because they were supporting the Black Lives Matter movement, they automatically frame Rittenhouse like he was doing this as a retali- retaliation and race. He's a white supremacist. You can go down the list with this type of stuff. But they totally just flip it. And that's exactly what they want to do because they want to continue to sow division. They want to continue to sow divide. They want you to think that a man who carries, I mean, a, a teenager, or I could, I'm just saying man, but they want to make you think that a guy with a weapon who defends himself in a situation where he's being attacked by people does not have that right just because it there he's firing against people that support their narrative and what the media wants to push and this other one they want to quiet it down on it because it's someone that doesn't fit their narrative it's the same situation when you look at what happened in virginia in loudon county where you had a transgender who went and raped two young girls in a bathroom in the school system it was a it was a boy identifying as a as a girl going into the girls restroom he raped two women same same area two different schools though and they covered it up because it doesn't fit their narrative. That's exactly what they want to do. They will sit here. They will lie. They will twist stuff. They will make it look like just whatever they want you to. And that's why you got to be so careful when it comes to these situations. You got to look deeper. They're not going to tell you that this guy was heavily involved with Black Lives Matter. They're not going to tell you that this guy was a convicted felon who just got out of prison. And they want to say that, oh, black people, they always get imprisoned and they never get out and they do this and they they have that. That's not the case. I mean, they were in prison Kyle Rittenhouse for just because they wanted to throw charges at him because they were hoping something would stick to appease the mob. I mean, it's just absolutely crazy when you look at just how the media frames it. And you have people, I mean, I see people constantly, I mean, friends that I see in my news feed, people that do not understand the situation, that honestly just believe that he had that gun, that Kyle Rittenhouse had the AR-15 illegally, that he, I mean, shouldn't have been there. They don't even know that his part of his, most of his family lives in Kenosha. They don't want to talk about any of that stuff. They just automatically just believe that because the media said that he was bad, that he was wrong, that we should automatically believe that. 
and that's not how it works. And if you believe that way, you always live up. You'll always live in a state of constant fear and a state of constant non-understanding because that's what the media wants you to do. The second that you understand, their their fear mongering, their narratives no longer work. And that's why you have to continue to dig deeper, look into this stuff, and not just sit here and say, "Oh man, Kyle Rittenhouse was so bad. He did this." And there's so much more when it comes to that story of of Kyle Rittenhouse, and people don't understand. They want to actually look at it also from a perspective. There's two perspectives from Kyle Rittenhouse's story. You're looking at it as they want to frame it as a race narrative where he fired on Black Lives Matter, but they also it was also an attack on your Second Amendment right to be able to defend yourself. And Kyle Rittenhouse even said this himself when that trial was going on. He was not on trial, but your right to defend yourself was. Because if he gets convicted of murder in that instance... Basically, the Second Amendment does not matter. It basically just matters on matters on opinion of a situation, because there were so many people that are. I mean, were upset. We saw where there were protests afterwards. We even saw one riot in Portland afterwards when the verdict came in that he was not guilty, and they just want you to. I mean, they just want you to think that he was did all this stuff wrong. This narrative was set when it's just not the case whatsoever. And like I said, that's just one factor. If they can continue to do this type of stuff, change the change the narrative on situations and get you to believe that type of stuff, I mean, they'll eventually get to the point where the Second Amendment doesn't matter, where you can't defend yourself. And that's exactly what they want to do. They want to continue to erode at your rights, get you to believe a story that doesn't matter. And now I hear they are doing it over here. They don't want to tell you the facts here, but they'll tell you something completely different with Kyle Rittenhouse, and you don't even know, I mean, the real instance behind the Waukesha uh Christmas parade attack. I mean, it's just absolutely a tragic situation there. I mean, we're, we pray for all the families that are involved. A terrible situation. I hope this guy gets everything that he deserves with this with these charges that are being brought forward. I mean, just a terrible situation. But it just irks me so bad to see how the media wants to frame this and change it and basically just keep it quiet. Like, we're seeing some already, seeing in some different ones that are trying to cover this up and... Um, just trying to really change the narrative on what was really happening. Oh, he was running from a situation where he was being attacked. There's no evidence to support that type of stuff. We have none of that. That's just what they want to believe to try to make it seem like, oh, he was just trying to avoid something. He didn't mean to actually do that. No, this he meant to do it. He saw every single one of those people and just slammed on the gas. I mean, it's, it's really, it's that simple. Um, there's nothing else. I mean, there's really nothing else to that case, but they'll try to close they'll try to close it up, not let you hear about it, don't talk about it, but then as soon as the next white guy comes in who has a gun who ends up doing something that they disagree with, they'll uh they'll make sure it's blasted all over the uh they'll make it make sure it's blasted all over the all over the news so that way you know that white people are bad and that black people do no wrong. You can't offend races anymore and I know some people are going to listen to this and say, "Man, you you sound like you're coming off as of just supporting of whites." I'm not support. I mean, I'm not supportive of just one race whatsoever. I'm not racist whatsoever. I have friends of all colors. I have, I mean, I'm friends with just. Pl- I mean, with plenty of people. It's just I cannot buy into whatsoever from the race narrative that places like to play out. They want to frame the white guy now as the villain in all these situations when it's not true. Do are there racist people out there? Yes, there are racist people out there. There are situations where that stuff happens. This has nothing to do with that. They want to frame it where Kyle Rittenhouse is a racist, and then they don't want to talk about where race is involved. They want to try and quiet it so that way they can continue to frame it like the white people only do stuff bad. So I'm not defending, like I said, not defending white people. I'm just I'm going against the complete narrative that the media tries to continue to throw out there because it's absolutely sickening and it continues to cause divide in in society.
and I'll give you an example real quick. I'm sitting, I was sitting here looking at one of my friend's social media posts. They obviously were very uninformed when they, when they posted. It was a meme that basically said all of the, basically every scenario you could possibly think of when it came to Kyle Rittenhouse, it was wrong. They said he illegally owned the firearm. He shouldn't have been in Kenosha. He should have just stayed home. And I mean, you, you go down the list whatsoever and then you get into the, you get into the comment section and you see these people just spouting stuff off. I mean, that they, that they don't even know about. They're just saying that constantly that he's just racist. And that's what they do. You see people that, I mean, I know that I know personally, see them fight back and forth over stuff just because one person can't look past CNN or can't look past the social media website that they scroll past on their phone. Now, I mean, if you go and do research and you find this stuff on websites that are actually trusted, that makes sense. But just to keep going through your social media or going to the, you know, one news station and only getting one opinion from one place, I mean, you're never going to actually know the truth. Any place you flip through, you're going to find a narrative. It doesn't matter what it is. You can flip on CNN, you'll find a, a liberal news narrative. You can flip on Newsmax and get a conservative news news opinion. I mean... You can flip on just, I mean, all this different stuff. you got to find a place where you hear both sides, where you read different stuff, and you dig into just the facts. And once you do that, you become more free and understanding of situations, and you can actually be able to tell people just the straight facts of the situation and not try to come from behind a narrative. And once that happens, you'll have people that can come together over just facts and stop just getting separated because someone told you to. And, I mean, it's really just as simple as that when it comes down to it. But people will obviously continue to sow division because they want to see America fall. And it's also good for their ratings as well. And if they'll, they'll do anything to help their stock, you know, bump up just a little bit, makes them a little bit more money. Uh, I mean, it's a sad state that we're in, but that's honestly the case right now. So, But with that said, though, our thoughts and prayers are with the people of Waukesha, Wisconsin, um, just a terrible situation that took place there. So thoughts and prayers for them. Hope everyone, um, just hope everyone can move, move past it. Eventually that this guy gets his, gets the justice that he deserves. I mean, these people get the justice they deserve because this is a, a just a tragic situation. But with that said, moving on from there, we're looking at Biden's approval rating. We just saw it the other day in a latest poll. Quinnipiac University decided to do a poll and find out President Biden's latest approval rating, see where he stands in the grand scheme of things, and we see him with a new low of 36%. That is absolutely terrible, and his uh, his approval rating at 36%, disapproval at 53%, continuing to move in the wrong direction. You see his VP, Kamala Harris, the last poll that we saw, she was at 28%. We haven't seen a new one since then, but on Biden, we're down to now 36%. He's down another point in this poll from last last month when they took one. And it it's just so funny because you would think when someone sees that they're not doing a good job, like let's just get, I'll give you an example. You're at a job and your boss comes up to you, tells you you're doing a terrible job. Your approval rating is very low here at the company. We need you to change stuff and we need you to do better just in general. And if you don't, you're obviously out of a job. Well, here's the thing. When you get elected the president of the United States, you don't get kicked out. You're elected for four years. So... What does Joe Biden do? He basically doubles down on everything that he was already doing. And instead of him being held accountable, he'll continue just to run our country into the ground. And so we sit here and we're looking at it right now. Biden sits here and now they're trying to ram through his Build Back Better bill. They just got passed through the House this past weekend. And now they're moving it on to the Senate where it's expected to have holdups. And obviously it should just due to the fact of 
the reckless spending that we have. And it's so funny because they obviously told us that this bill was going to be zero dollars, and now we find out that it's actually going to add almost almost an, uh, another four hundred four hundred billion to the national debt when they said it wasn't going to cost anything whatsoever. It's obviously going to cost. And I was saying the actual cost of it could be even higher. So the $1.79 trillion uh, $1 tag that they have on it right now could actually be even higher, up to 5.4, just because of some of the, the details that they obviously leave out so you don't know about it. So you don't they don't think you're spending – or so you don't think they're spending as much as they are. And so – Obviously, there's some expectation that that'll be held up due to some of the moderates from the from the Democrats, and hopefully they'll stick to that. With Joe Manchin and Kristen Sinema, obviously, not liking some of the some of the provisions that are placed in the bill. But with that, with that, what I'm saying though, getting that Biden's over here, he doubles down on that. They doubled down on their vaccine mandates, and here's an example of this. We see where OSHA, where their vaccine mandate that Biden put in place through OSHA that they were going to use. The stay was reaffirmed from an appeals court from the Fifth Circuit, and so that they told them once that happened, we told you the first time it, it was there was a stay put on it, but this time we're telling you to not enforce it, anyways. Which that should have been a given from the start. It was placed a stay, basically a pause. It shouldn't have been enforced in the first place. But here, Biden, after the first time, they said, "Oh no, it's all right. Move forward with it, anyways." So the Fifth Circuit comes back and says, no, you can't move forward with it anyways. Where you have Jen Psaki just the other day saying that we're encouraging business to continue to move forward with it anyways. I mean, how does that even work? You, I mean, they, the approval rating continues to drop, but you continue to do the same thing. And honestly, at this point, it just seems like they realize that they're not winning any, the 2022 elections and they're more than likely not winning 2024 because they'll continue down this path as the president obviously he'll get nothing done if republicans win in 2022 in the midterms because he'll be a lame duck president at that point but it just seems like whatever they can ram through at this point whatever they can do to help screw our country over more they're going to do between now and 2022 as long as they can so I mean, they're going to move forward with it. I mean, it's just absolute insanity to see everything that he's done. We're seeing gas prices still at some of the highest levels we've seen in the last couple of years. Inflation continues to rise. That's, I mean, risen constantly here over the last couple of months. We've seen six straight months at this point where inflation has hit an increase. Uh, I mean, just you can go down the list, so many different things, but he will continue with his 36% approval rating and continue to move forward and be held virtually unaccountable because Democrats are not going to hold them accountable. And right now with the Republicans not having a majority in any, either the House or the Senate, they really can't do much right this second. So kind of a tough situation to be in, but obviously a reckoning will come next year in 2022. And that's the part that we have to remember. We have to get out and encourage people and let them see the facts when it comes to this stuff. We have to get past the mainstream narrative that they're trying to put out here that Biden's doing all this great things for our country that we need to thank him for what he's doing. No, that's not the case whatsoever. We need to get out, tell people the facts, tell them how it's hurting them, show them how it's hurting. I mean, they're feeling it in their pocketbook, but some people still don't want to admit it. But go out there and explain the facts with them and get people to vote for conservatives that are going to get the results that we need and hold these people accountable so that we can, that way we can get America back to where it needs to be. But anyways... Proof rating at 36%, absolutely terrible. Next topic, though, and this one's just going to be real quick. We're going to wrap up here in just a second. I just want to kind of run this by you, something that we missed last week. This has been over a week since this came out now. 
um, just a, it's it's absolutely ridiculous, and this is just goes along with the narrative that that if they'll lie, they'll continue to do whatever they need to to get what they want, how they want to do it, and we see it now. Just last week, House Republicans became came into possession of whistleblower documents that showed the FBI is using counterterrorism tools to investigate and add threat tags to American parents, and just a couple of weeks ago, we saw where the Attorney General. Uh, Garland, he was in there, and he swore that, that he didn't know that, uh, or they weren't using tools. They weren't going to use the FBI. They weren't going to use the DOJ. They weren't going to use any of this to come in and go after parents who were upset with the school boards because they were either teaching a critical race theory, the COVID nineteen stuff that they were put in. Where parents are going to these school board meetings and speaking up for their kids and what they want their kids to learn, and it's exactly what they should do. And then we heard at some point the National School Board sent a letter to the DOJ asking for uh, help and basically labeled parents as terrorists and wanted the DOJ to act accordingly and charge them with acts of terrorism. Garland comes in and says, oh, no, we're not doing anything like that. Well, now the House Republicans are in possession of whistleblower documents that say completely the opposite of what the attorney general is now saying, which is obviously, I mean, breaking the law when you give a sworn testimony and it's obviously false. And there will be no consequences for them whatsoever. just goes back to they'll set a narrative for the media. Garland did nothing wrong. This isn't true because this was basically hold where they, you never even heard about this topic. I mean, some people didn't even hear about it unless you follow certain places on social media. If you follow us, if you follow, follow other people that are actually going to give you the truth, you didn't hear about this unless you follow those type of people. And so... The media is not going to talk about it, but these people have no accountability whatsoever. They go in and they lie. We saw Fauci lie about gain-of-function research. We see A.G. Uh, Merrick Garland in here now lying about this. There's nothing to hold them accountable. Biden's not going to hold them accountable. They do not care. They laugh at our laws. They laugh at what we do, and they will continue to to make a narrative and continue to lie to get you to believe that they do nothing wrong, that Republicans and conservatives are wrong, and it's just absolutely sickening. And then they go to this point where they actually are using counterterrorism tools, and they're actually adding threat tags to parents, just people that disagree with school boards around our country, just because they're sick and tired of the crap that people are teaching their that these people are teaching their kids, and. I mean, it's just absolute insanity we see in some of these situations. We see the double standards. We see the lies. We see where even when they're being told by people that they don't agree with what they're doing, when you see Biden's approval rating and Democrats' approval rating, they don't care. They're in one mode right now, and that's to absolutely destroy America. That is to create division, sow division to the point where we may not be able to return. And so it is our job, to, like I said, to continue to fight back against this absolute nonsense, to continue to push back and do everything we, ha- we have to do, that's, whether that's speaking up, that's talking to people around us, and letting them know what's really going on. Because the more people that have facts, the more that we can all push back together as one and be able to reclaim our country like we should. But that's just a word of encouragement today. One, just run through a couple of quick things, but that's the episode for today. It's short when it comes to this. We've only had just a couple of big topics that have came out over the last couple of days, but hopefully we'll have some more news for you stuff. Uh, I mean, it may not really really pick up here with the holiday season. We're going to see a lot of uh, Congress and different stuff like that taking breaks. So it may be kind of slow in the politics area, but sports is ramping up. So once again, that will be coming out tomorrow at 8 o'clock. So be looking for that. We'll have a recap of the college football playoff rankings that will be coming out tonight. We'll also look at some stuff from the, around the NBA 
Also going to be talking a little about Dan, the Dan Mullen situation being let go from Florida. So we got a lot to talk about tomorrow on the sports podcast. So definitely don't miss that. But thank you for joining us today on the politics edition of the Revolution Sports Podcast. We will see you in the next one. Thank you.